You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can help the show financially by going to the blackandgoldhockeyblog.com website and clicking on either the Amazon.com or Fanatics.com banners to the right before shopping online. Now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over to Rossi. It's loose, and Bergeron scores! Patrice Bergeron! Hello, Bruins fans. Welcome back for episode 87 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast in partnership with Grandstand Sports Network, the best view in sports. We are back, and uh, I'm sober. Which is good because I had a, I had an absolutely great time last Saturday and it was so much fun that it carried over when I got home to increasingly more drinks and uh, which ruined my Sunday altogether. So I was not able to do the show, not feeling well, self-induced and all my fault. So Rob Court, welcome back. How was the uh, the get together then? It was un- it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Is that right? I, it, well, <laughs> <laughs> see, you do it on the regular. This was the first experience for me. This was a bucket list item for me. So actually, it's it's a lot different than one than what I'm used to. I, they've uh, they stepped up their game. I'll say that it's 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 usually fantastic. But uh, Karen from from the Bruins alumni, she she was from she was uh, a great host for us, and she was uh, she, they put on a, a, good, a good time for everybody for the. Uh, in the box, it was nice. Yeah, uh, like I mentioned, and 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 they they won, so yeah, yeah, it was a huge both win. games I was at. So far, knock on wood, literally in front of a wood table. I've never seen a game Bruins lose a game in uh, TD. Nice, wow. nice streak you got going there. Outdoor um, game, not so much. Yeah, right. <laughs> you need to move to Boston then. Yes, for the playoffs at least. <sighs> I agree. I my wife disagrees. <laughs> well. Um, yeah, it was a great time. I just want to take a second just to thank Court. Uh, that was amazing. Um, I I was starstruck actually sitting in the box and looking down to my right and seeing Johnny Busick all the way down there, Tim Sweeney behind me, Reggie Lemlin behind me. Later on, Ken Lindsman comes in. Um, and I was, um, uh, talking to Johnny Pye McKenzie's daughter, uh, Lori, she was, uh, she was a hoot. So it was, a, it was a great day. And like I said, I just got a little carried away afterwards, but, um, let's just jump right into it. Uh, last week's games, there were four games, um, starting off with the Chicago Blackhawks on Sunday, 
Uh, it was a three to one loss. Um, it's that this is a tough game for me because obviously we went to the game on Saturday in Boston and and the the next game was in Chicago. So travel times, uh, wear and tear. I know the professionals and they're supposed to be ready, but it happens on back to backs. Um, the one disappointing thing that I saw in this game was I don't know who it was and whose idea it was, whether it was Chara's that, hey, I got to get off the ice because I'm tired, or it was... Oh, or it was the penalty kill. Yeah, or it was the bench yelling to him, get off the damn ice. Either who it was, it was a huge mistake because it led to a goal and pretty much sealed the win for the Chicago Blackhawks. I, yeah. I don't... I, you don't take a change on a penalty kill in your own zone. I just didn't understand that, and that opened up a huge hole for a goal. Well, I'm pretty sure Chara admitted that that was his fault when he because he came out of the box and wanted to get a forward on the ice. But it is what it is. Like those things are bound to happen. We've had bounces where it's happened for us for the other team. So plus Chara is going to be lost as like a forward trying to cover a point man, especially with his speed. So and it's one game. Yeah, against the team that yeah. aren't anywhere near a playoff. Yeah, like when Brent, Brent Seaborg scores, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're score, not having the best game. Didn't he score two in that game? No, just one. Oh. You had... No. Uh, oh, it and, was... and Isimov got the first, then Chara got our, our goal, and then yeah. Patty Kane got that power play goal, and then, yeah. It was, it was that uh, defenseman, Gustafsson, for the, the Blackhawks. He just... He was all over the puck all night. Oh. He played the, the, one of his best games ever. The, the day before, it was it was funny. I, I think I said to Mark when we were sitting there watching the game, it was like, I didn't even notice Patrick Kane on the ice. Yeah. Like He was invisible on yeah. Saturday afternoon. Invisible. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely showed up on the next game. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, he hasn't shown up all season. So. Yeah, right. Sucks to be Chicago. Uh, moving on to uh, Tuesday's game against the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, this was like, I don't know, a game from like the eighties or, or like game seven against the Leafs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wh- <clears throat> you know, you're down and out. I, 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 I don't know what happened. They, they definitely weren't prepared. And all of a sudden it just seemed like with seven minutes remaining in the game, the Bruins just light it up. They score five quick goals and come back and win it while Chara, DeBrusque, and Krug are all sent to the locker room. They were shorthanded by two defensemen and came back that much. I I was just absolutely amazed at how much fight um, that team had shorthanded to come come back and win. It was... Absolutely, eight amazing. minutes and twenty-two seconds. Okay, not to, five goals. Yeah, and wasn't back out of the. So, not to mention, you're already missing Bergeron, McAvoy, and wasn't back a suspended for that game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, like, wow. And yeah. What about that Grizzly goal? Oh, that was so sick. I didn't even realize that was Grizzly. I thought it was Heinen when I was watching. Yeah, he and came he in. Kind of like jumped up, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's Han, and he's gonna miss the net." And then I was like, "Oh, it's Grizzly." And then he just that was like a Tory Krug in the playoffs when he first came in. Yeah, 
that's what that reminded me of. Just jumped in the play perfectly. Wonder goal. I mean, you know, Pasta kind of had a pretty good game. Yeah, he yeah. did. I mean, scoring a hat trick, uh, two goals, and then uh, was it an empty netter at the end? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he mean, scored all three of his goals in seven minutes and 26 seconds. Nice. Dropping the knowledge. Um, yeah, he's he, he's been on fire, too. We'll talk about him later on uh, with a certain debate. Um, and, then the, and then the stinker, you know, I, I don't know what it is with this, this – um, this Bruins versus Florida Panthers, and and I do I do get it that the Florida Panthers are a better team in the second half uh, this year, but on Thursday night they uh, they got a no no against the Bruins, and uh, James Reimer comes in with a three nothing shutout. Um, really not much to talk about in that game, um, except for uh, now nah, we'll get we'll we'll talk about it later. What about um, Frank Vetrano getting an interference call on Anton Hudobin like early in the first? That was quite funny. <laughs> I didn't even see that. <laughs> All right. That, that was a, a highlight play because there was so many people talking about, oh, my God, Frank Vetrano's going to come in and destroy the Bruins. <laughs> and then the first thing he does is just gets a penalty for interference. That was funny. I thought Carlo had a decent game against Florida, all things considered. He had to uh, step in some huge shoes. Yeah. I thought I honestly thought the defense didn't play as bad as um, the score tells. Yeah, exactly. It's, especially when you look at what was on the ice, you know. Um, a lot of a lot of different people have had to step up and it, it's it's kind of you look at the beginning of the year, we'd win a couple games and then we'd lose a couple games where yep. the whole roster's depleted. Right now we're 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 winning more than we're losing, but uh, the fact that this team is doing what they're doing, as I said before, just puts a smile on my face. Considering you're missing pretty much guys that would be first line players, you're missing your top pair defense. You're missing your one of the best centermen in the league, best two way centermen in the league. Um, besides, well, he is the best. Um, it's just ah, oh, it's it's crazy. Like as much as people get frustrated, yeah, we lost Chicago, we lost Florida. And then we just, you know, we're going to talk about what we just did last night. We yeah. put the whole world on check last night because if you watch the, you know, they, they consider themselves the hockey mecca here in Toronto. You got Sportsnet and TSN. First story was, it wasn't about the Leafs beating an AHL franchise in Montreal. It was the Bruins winning 3 nothing over Tampa. Yeah. And whilst missing Bergeron, Chara, DeBruyne, yeah. McAvoy. And what did John Cooper John Cooper said? Like Bruce Cassidy said, it felt like we were watching a, watching a playoff game. And Cooper was like, felt like it was a playoff game. And if this is, I'm scared. Yeah. Like he 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 was like, we we came at them like it was a playoff game, and Bruins played better. It was just simple. it was just, and I I know I've said this, and I'm probably repeating myself many times, but you know the Florida loss, it, it is what it is. The Chicago loss, it is what it is. But. I'm taking that small sample size out of both of those games. And then what they did, even though the Carolina game wasn't the greatest and to start, it was the best finish. This team just finds ways to like get it going. And whether it be a, a, a stern message in the locker room from Bruce Cassidy or the team just rallying up, I, I just love what I'm seeing. And 
and that that win last night against Tampa Bay really got me going on in, in, in a playoff um, atmosphere and a scenario about you know if we if we do it, it looks like we're going to probably match up against Toronto in the first series. I feel really good about that series now. You know what I mean? I know we have a, a lot more games to go. But yeah. if we can play like we did in the, the beating of Toronto 4-1 this year, the two best games the Bruins have played this year were last night and the game where they beat Toronto 4-1. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good things that come out of these these wins like this and, and later in the season. And um, I, I do have to flip, but I got seven. Was there nine games left? Three, seven. Hang on a second. Oh, no. Twelve. There's Twelve games left. Um, and if the 13. Bruins are 500, the, the, the Leafs can't lose another game if they want it. If the Bruins remain 500 for the rest of the season, I believe. Someone put it out on Twitter. The Leafs can't lose another game for the rest of the season to even think they can beat, go ahead of the Bruins for home ice advantage. Right. Yeah. That's hilarious. And right now the Leafs are in third in the Atlantic with 93 points. The Bruins have 98 points in second, and Tampa Bay has 100. So, I mean, games in hand though. Yeah, there's, there are games in hand, um, but you still play Tampa Bay, I think, two more times, and you still play Florida two more times. So, um, hopefully, I can see the the next game against Tampa is going to be. Different because I don't know about you guys, but uh, McDonough, I didn't even notice him out there. I know yeah. he wasn't out there, was he? I'm yeah, he was. Sure he was. No, I'm pretty sure it was his first game last night. He was in the game last night. I know he's been injured. So oh, no, same there. here. So I think maybe it might have been the rust, but uh, he was one oh, guy man. I was like, Yeah, he, he played play last night. Yeah, not very well. And and Stamkos, oh, correct me, like, I, I know you guys goaltenders and watch the defense a little bit more than me. Did you guys not notice Hedman, how angry he was playing? He seemed to get frustrated on every little thing. Um, the Bruins got into his head, which is a great thing. And Stamkos taking stupid penalties. Yeah. Like Carlo did a fantastic job. Of, even though Carlo was getting penalties, and I know people are going to get on him. I think he had a good game. Him and Tori Crew were phenomenal out there. And Carlo pissed off Stamkos all night long. Yeah. That's did a great job of it. Yeah, that's what that's what you got to do. Even as a young, he's. I mean, Carlo's still a young, developing player. He's. I mean, he's got. This is his second year in the NHL, so that's what you have to do as a big body like that. You have to get in the heads of these scorers that are so lethal. You know, you can't you can't leave any space with Stamkos on the ice when you when you and when you close that space, you frustrate the crap out of them. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, even on the defensive side, like you said, Court, with Hedman getting all frustrated, that's our forwards driving to the net, gaining the position, and not moving, even though that he's probably the bigger guy. So Yeah, like Rick Nash wasn't, you know, get popping in goals last night, but I think he had one of his best games with the Broom last night. Yeah, and, and all that around was a game. game that mattered. He, he played phenomenal. He, he was one of those guys that he was beating the defense and pissing them off and yep. causing chances. Just yep. driving them nuts last night with his with his one handed deeks and stuff. It was it was good to see when he had to play a team that, you know, as much as people say big games, well guess what? Somebody won a big game last night and conveniently got a shutout in it. But uh you know, it was a big game last night and they stepped it up. 
It's a way bigger game than Florida or Chicago or anything. This Tampa game was a statement game. Some of them saves were like, they just they should have been goals. Oh, the behind the back glove. Yeah, that was crazy. And they, you know, what's funny is they, they didn't even um, they didn't even give him a, uh, credit for a save on that. Yeah, I saw that. Calman reported that on yeah, Twitter. And, yeah, Maddie yeah, Maddie K. I was surprised. I mean, it clearly hit his glove and changed direction. To me, that's a that's a save. But so, and then we had the scary incident. Did you see it, Rob? Oh, the David Backus skate mm-hmm. to the knee. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got that on the uh, on the uh, the list of things to talk about in a little bit. And then you know, crew crew nineteen minutes, three assists plus one. Uh, fantastic game like it's just it's it's kind of funny he always steps it up and everybody dumps on him and what were you saying rob about his stats uh he's on pace for how many points with it let me look it up i think it's six around 60 points and it's the first time since bork that a defenseman will have got 60 points for the bruins yeah he, he has 51 points right now in 66 games played he's a plus three and he has 13 goals on the season. I didn't even realize that. Isn't he the highest scoring defenseman on the, on the team? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. By far, I'm pretty sure. Um, but, like, he's played totally different this year. I and mean, I see him as he's a leader on the back end as well for some of the younger guys. Yeah. Cassie agrees with you, and he put that A on that one game, right? In Detroit. Yeah. And when and he, he plays with guys like Carlo, when he played with um, Holden for that game, I think it was Holden's first game that he played with Tory Crew. You could see him telling him, like, I've got the net, you go to the boards. Or I'm going to the board, you, you go to the net. You could hear him shouting constantly. And that's what you want from a defenseman. You want a guy who's verbal. You were talking about Victor Hedman before, and he's one of the more verbal defensemen in the league. And that's why he's so good. He tells his partner what to do, and he does the the rest of the work. Mm-hmm. So, I think Tory Krug's for all the people that have said trade him, and he doesn't generate offense. And fifty-one points in sixty-six games for a defenseman is really good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if he if he hits sixty, uh, like how long until his next contract? Well, I think it's three years away. Yeah. I don't have the cap friendly up right now, but thank God it's ah. three years away. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about next week's games uh, in the month of March, it is a pretty light week. Um, you know, playing every other game, every other day. Sorry, but you got to- uh, tomorrow. You got the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, who. Are still in the mix in the first wild card position. They're eight and two in their last ten, and uh, they don't have a very good away record at fifteen and seventeen. So, and we'll be playing some desperate hockey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you're right, Mark. Uh, Krug's contract ends twenty nineteen, twenty twenty. Cool. I'm restricted twenty twenty one. Thank you, Court. Um, and then they go on the road for uh, a four game stint. Um, Starting off in St. Louis on Wednesday night at 8 p.m., that's going to be a tough game. We don't get to see St. Louis a lot. Uh, believe we, the Bruins beat them the last time they played. And uh, Friday night at 8:30, they played Dallas. 
which is going to be a, another great game. Um, Dallas is uh Oh God, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Yeah, Dallas is currently uh, in the second wild card position. Um, Twenty-six and eight. And su- surprisingly, I didn't even notice that. But St. Louis is out of the playoff picture. Yeah. I mean, well, they have eighty-one points. Not Dallas has eighty-four, and Colorado has eighty-four, and Los Angeles has eighty-four. So it's really tight right there. So anything could happen, but uh, hopefully and didn't they trade. Stastny away to the Jets. They did. To the deadline. Yep. 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 So oh. it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting week regardless. Um, but hopefully uh, I'd like to see a 3-0 and week. Um, but we've all, you know, seen difference, differences. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, the um, the uh, topic of... Uh, Bruce Cassidy for the Jack Adams is really heating up. And we I wanted to touch on this because there's a lot of people that have are saying that um uh Gerald Gallant is is a shoe in for it. And I'm not overly sure about that. Um I mean nominated, yes. Would Bruce Cassidy be nominated? Most likely. And, and another one, of course, but uh, you know, it just seems like Vegas has t- taken a little downturn uh, with their recent play, which could possibly give Cassidy uh, an uphand uh, on winning it. So there's a lot of people that yeah. want to want us to talk about it. So what do you guys think? It's going to be um, Vegas with Gallant, and then it's going to be Tampa Bay's coach, and then our coach. So I I think that's a tough one to call. It depends what uh, Tampa and Vegas do by the end of the season. Because there's still time left. And you never know if a team's just going to go on a streak now and win a lot of games. But it's... To be fair, the Bruins had a good team, but Vegas, that team wasn't... didn't look that impressive coming out of the draft. And I'm really surprised with him. So I have a feeling Gallant's going to win it. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking, you know, Cooper has a good... I, I still think Cassie has a better chance over Cooper, um, especially the way, you know, it's going right now. But if Boston, if Boston gets ahead of Tampa and comes pretty darn close to winning the President's Trophy and Vegas continues to sputter... Then Cassie has a good chance, but the problem is he Gallant's been the, the hands down contender for this all year long from the way they've been playing. Like he's taken a team that's supposed to suck, but the problem is everybody's got the mentality that from back in the day when Anaheim and San Jose and all them broke in the league, and yeah, those teams sucked. But Vegas had the option of not picking garbage players. Yeah. They picked a good, pretty decent hockey club. It's showing on the scoreboard how they're beating hockey teams, but. Glant is also a fantastic coach, and it has a lot to do with the way Florida embarrassed him, how they, they fired him. Um, and he's done a great job in, in in Vegas. I think as of right now, it ends today, Glant wins. Cassie's second, Cooper's third. There you go. In the voting. I didn't realize Nashville were in first place with 104 points as well. Yeah, I was yeah, just about Nash- to say that. Nashville's unbelievable, though. You look at that roster, and I say yeah. they're, going, they're going all the way. 
But as well, with Vegas, I see probably more as GM of the year because some of the trades that he did when he was going to pick up players are unreal. And yeah. then stiff the team even more by picking someone that they kind of wanted keeping. So, yeah. Oh, D- David Poyle. David Poyle yeah. is a good general manager. They, I love those trades where it's like, oh, we'll give you this guy if you don't touch these certain players. And then they go, okay. And then they take him <laughs> anyway. Well, look at look at uh, the Carlson they got from Columbus. Columbus wanted them to take him. He's one of the leading scorers. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. on Mark Andre Fleury. Pittsburgh's like, please take him. And they wanted to take him anyways, and they took a draft pick with him, and he's one of the best boys. It is, you know, Vegas is a beautiful story. It's great for the league. Um, You know, we all love the game of hockey, and it would be better. You know, I'm not saying they don't deserve it. I say they do deserve it, but it's a better story um, if Vegas has, you know, coach of the year, makes playoffs. It's going to help a team like Seattle. It's going to help the league. And more things that help the league. I hate being the, the corporate guy, but more things that help the league. It helps the players. It's a better thing. Let me let me ask you guys something. Now that we're talking about expansion teams like like Vegas, when Seattle it comes to fruition, okay, which is is it, it's most likely definitely going to happen. Mm-hmm. Do you think that players now are going to be like more apt to like? Wave trade clauses to go to a, a place like Seattle because of the success that that Vegas had this this season. It, it is not that yeah. there's not that I'm afraid to go there kind of because it's new thing anymore. It's like oh my god. I mean, if Vegas can do it, maybe they can too. I think you got to look at it at the same way as will GMs give up the same type of players they did because. Like, look at William Carlson. Would you leave him unprotected if he if he knew he was going to do that? No, hell no. So, <laughs> I, I I think the way the the draft goes will probably change. I think if they did it the old style, where it was a lot of the younger players that were available than the older guys, then he probably wouldn't have had that team in Vegas. It wouldn't have been that good. Right. The good thing about that team is there's so much veteran presence and so many. Like you got a mix of old guys and young guys, and everyone gets on with each other, and they're teaching each other. I mean, like Flurry playing with Subban has made Subban better. Yes. Like I, I've seen Subban play so many times. I've watched the AHL games, and he plays totally different now. So well, we and I had this conversation with Josh uh, from uh, ShippingUpToCausewaye.com, um, and. We both said that it's it's due because there's somebody with Subban all the time. There's a goalie coach yeah. that doesn't basically leave his side, and that's a luxury he didn't have in Providence. So yeah, um, and he doesn't show that frustration as much either. Right. But going back to the whole expansion draft thing, I think you you'll probably see guys with the no uh, no trade clauses, but it'll be. You guys like Adam McQuaid. Stuff well, like he that. doesn't have a no trade. Well, I know, but it'll be those kind of guys that want to get, like, playing bottom pairing minutes, want to play higher in the right. standings. Like, they'll want to go to a team like that because they'll get more playing time, probably get more money. Yeah. Um, it, it sucks being a guy who has to sit at the bottom of a team. 
Like, look at the Bruins. You've got guys like I'm sure Gionto wants to play higher in the lineup, but he can't right now. Like, because the top two lines are playing so good, you're not going to stick a guy like him up there. So, same thing with that. He'd probably, if he was still on the Bruins when Seattle come around, he'd probably want to go there. So, and he'd probably be one of the players that uh, are going to be exposed. Either him or Miller. Yeah, just, 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 just not re-signed. right, and and not saying that McQuaid and Miller are terrible, and they need to go to an expansion team. It's when you think about the business, it's a contract. You're freeing up yeah. a little bit of money to use in el- elsewhere to you know make the team better, reg- uh, regardless of what happens at the end of this season and the playoffs. Yeah, and teams are going to start signing really weird players just so they can expose them to the draft. I think. Like you're going to see the bottom sixes in a lot of teams look a lot different. It's crazy. And it's only the guys who know that they're going to be in player contention that sign the better guys. Because you don't want to lose a young kid who's got a lot of promise to a team when you could have an old guy on the roster and let that guy play in the AHL. So, right. Yeah. Speaking of crazy, um, Tuka Rask, the shutout last night was the first time that Tampa Bay has been shut out this season. It's actually the first time since, I think, last season I took a rest. Yes. Yeah. Someone said I'm on, on, on the TV while watching the game. So, um, Court, you got some numbers for me for us, right? Uh, the the Tuka Rask? Yes. Yeah, so it's his fifth 30-win season. He is now at the top of the Boston Bruins all-time. For thirty goal seasons, thirty and, win seasons, and that's is that consecutive or just as a, as a career? Let me pull it up. I think it's consecutive. It would make sense if it is. Mm. I don't know. I'm going to pull it up though. Okay. I, I, I couldn't say yes or no. So he's got. When did Thomas leave? Well, oh, when did when Thomas was... quit on the when Thomas quit on the team? Um, Twenty twelve. Yeah, thirteen season. Yeah, because he didn't leave, right? He he gave up on his whole team. Didn't go yeah, to so White. Yeah, must be consecutive seasons, and it's yeah. every season that he's been a start. I'm gonna pull it up. Keep keep going. I didn't have it in front of me. My bad. I was, no problem. Was an expansion talk there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's weird. Uh, one, two, three. Yeah, that's consecutive. Since 2013, he had 36, 34, 31, 37, and now 30. And he doesn't play the big games. No. Oh, no, no, no. Wins, doesn't, doesn't win the big games. Craps his pants. Um, yada, yada, yada. Throws his team under the bus. Um, what else? What Shuts else? out oh. the number two seed in yeah, the yeah. league. And, and, and Just, then now, the know. new one is, well, not the new one, but now the only thing they can say they keep over and over is the, oh, but he makes $7 million a year. They can't win if you got $7 million a year. I, someone said on Twitter last night, uh, he wins the cup. They still won't shut up. Right. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you look at Chicago, they have a $7 million defenseman in Brent Seabrook, and you don't see all their fans going, ah, just, nah, throw him under a bus, get rid of him, somehow. No, well, actually, quite. lately this year, they're saying get rid of him, but that's... Well, yeah, but the last few seasons that he hasn't been incredible, they haven't been doing it, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams where they have that one guy that Half of the fan base don't seem to like. Well, it's not just the one guy. The fans like to dump on Toy Krug only when he has bad games. Brendan Carlos have a great game. The guy gets a second penalty, and all of a sudden, social media is like, he's the worst defenseman in the world. I'm like, 
All right, Chara's over. Chara's Chara's bag of poop. Um, uh, McQuaid sucks. Uh, Krejci's overpaid. Um, geez, well, at the beginning of the year, there was a writer who said that Bergeron's days were numbered. Like, come on now. Like, <laughs> oh, the, wow. the, the narratives. And, yeah, <laughs> it, it is what it is. You know what? It doesn't matter. Tuca played fantastic last night. The team played fantastic, and that's all that matters. As long as the team yeah. wins, the team plays great. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I you just push out all the other noise. Yeah, W in points. That's all I'm concerned about. Yeah. With um, a- the uh, the game against the, I, I know we're going backwards a little bit, but um, I want to discuss it because it was it was a big t- to do. Uh, the back is hit on. Uh, to, um, is it? Connecty? No, yeah, that's Trocheck. 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 Yeah. What did you guys think of that? I mean, obviously there was no, uh, you know, he's not going to get suspended, but that is not a hit from behind ever I... in any. Jesus Christ! What was that? I don't know what that was about. I don't either. I mean, uh, I think Trocheck put his, himself in a, a pretty vulnerable position with his head down. Trying to find the puck, and then bam, here comes, and 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 Backus didn't throw the elbow up. He just Backus is a tall guy. He just basically plowed into him. Well, it was his shoulder, and yeah, it went through. It hit the peak of his shoulder, hit Trotek's shoulder, and then Trotek's head bounced onto like uh, Backus, and then he flopped like a fish and went down. And then when the refs stop the play and then say, oh, Bacchus hit from behind, and then they show the replay and Trocek's, like, holding his stick out around Bacchus. Uh, no. Just, <laughs> Jesus I, Christ. I, I Can we get was, some new refs? Yeah, I'm I just thought it was the same same hit as the Hornquist on McAvoy. Yeah. yeah. It was less than that. Oh, no, it was less, but it's, just, <laughs> it, it's, it's still a hockey play. It's still a hit. It's just the inconsistencies of calls these days, and you know, hopefully the uh, the GM meetings, which I believe are, I think this week, um, are gonna some get get some clarity to this whole thing because it's just, I mean, it, and I'm not saying it's against the Bruins all the time, but it just seems like we're getting some, you know, it, it once we make the hit, it it's it's up for question, but when we get hit, everything's okay. I think they should bring in, you should be able to challenge the call of a penalty. Mm. I know it slows down the game, but like that, mm-hmm. are you, like, if if I was the coach and I looked up and saw the replay and I heard the refs say, hit him from behind and then just saw the screen, I'd be like, no, do you want to go, do you want to look up and just have a quick check? You stupid. <laughs> and that's why they stand under the screen so they can't see it. Yeah. It'll I bet never some happen. of them see the reflection in the glass and just like say the penalty and then go, I'm going to get killed. Like, I'm going to get jumped after this game. The good I'd news hate is to be a ref. he did not get suspended. That's the good yeah. news. Yeah. It, it sucks that he was out of the game, um, but it ended up being a meaningless game. And I, I, someone joked on Twitter, well, I guess he needed the rest again. <laughs> oh, I know God. he was pissed. He was like, you know, I just want to go back to playing hockey. Like, it's, are they? 
Like, he, he, are they really just going to take out checking out of the game? I know. That's what it seems like it's watch. coming down to. Have you heard that the NHL want players to stop calling out the NHL? Yeah. I love that this, article. This that happened. was a Sportsnet article, too, and I read the this whole thing. happened as soon as the Brad Marchand thing happened. Yeah. Like, you know when he got interviewed after the game? And people are making these jokes where, like, Bacchus got a penalty and they said, uh, game misconduct for Bacchus, uh, and then it was like Marshand heading to the dressing room. And I was now, like, that's what it's... <laughs> now, question for you guys. Beat up. The, the real question is, Marshand does that hit, what happens? Oh, suspension. Oh, sus- suspension. Yeah. Easy. Easily. Dude, but you know that's why? Not, we're not, that's not even not saying... Benefit of the doubt. You think that he meant to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, not even being biased at all. Yeah. Oh, and, and to your previous point, when you're talking about Krug there, Rob... Um, yeah. Bruins Network put on Twitter last night, or sorry, today, if, if, when you soon said it, I was like, I remember this. Krug has now tied his career high in points, 51, with 13 goals, 38 assists, and 51 in 66 <clears throat> games. He's yes. the sixth. He's tied for sixth in points among defensemen in the NHL. That's sick. He's in the top 10, and everybody and hates him. How much does he get paid? 5.5. <laughs> Hold on. I, I literally I'll... just had that on the screen. Yeah. I wonder it, what his cap it is compared five to point, the other top it's 10. It's 5.25. Oh, okay. And he's top 10 in the NHL right now. For Remember, he's ball. garbage. Wow. Yeah, uh, sell him. <laughs> just, uh, just bag of pucks. That's all we need. How about the player Riley Nash covering for uh, the injured uh, Patrice Bergeron on that top line? Um <laughs> In, in my opinion, I honestly think that he has just transformed his his total game. Uh, it, it, he was this this year has been a surprise year for me anyway. But this role that he's taken on uh, while Bergeron is away, uh, recovering from his injury, is just another level that I've never seen um, since uh, Riley's been at Bruin for the last two years. Um, it's something to talk about. I mean, he is doing what he has to do. And, and like Court was saying during the off-air uh, uh, discussion, it's the next man up mentality. And, and they're doing it within the organization and, and within the NHL organization without going down deep and finding another guy, even though, you know, bottom, uh, bottom, um, bottom six roles are being filled from guys like from Providence and so on. But, um, I think his game's been really nice, and he's, I mean, it is a contract year for him, so I don't know where that's going to go. I mean, obviously, this is this is really good on his resume, though. He's playing himself out of a contract for next season. Because he's going to want money, right? Well, if you can fill in for a guy like Bergeron and actually do his job for him, I think you should be playing somewhere instead of the fourth line. Or the third line in his case, because you're not getting paid enough, right? Yeah, and he's only making nine hundred thousand. So for his age, twenty eight, he is the best nine hundred thousand dollars in the league. Oh yeah, by far. Yeah, bar none. And and in the celebration of me, St. Patty's Day, he's a, he's a ginger. There you go. Can Can you not remember um, the same thing happened with Carl Soderberg? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. a great defensive sentiment, played himself out of a contract, and now he gets paid $4.5 million for, I think it's six years for Colorado. Yeah. And do we and 
do you think Sweeney's going to do another Gregory Campbell? Like, the guy was great for us, but he got a big contract, and it sh- he, sh- he should have just been let go. Yeah. It's, it's, it sucks. Yeah. You look at Riley Nash, you just look at the depth chart, you're like, okay, you don't sign Riley Nash, who do you got? Oh, yeah, you got JFK, you got uh, Jax, you got all these guys that are going to be Ryan Fitzgerald, yep. uh, Copan, and you've got Kobe K. There's so many guys. Yeah, so many they guys. Can fill that third, third, really like, it fill that third center role, right? Like, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a real tough one. Like, what's, what's Donato play? Center. Center. Trent Frederick. Well, oh, center. 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 center all week. Cameron, Cameron Hughes. Center. Center. Well, who's to say, I, I know I'm asking the question purposely, but who's to say these guys can't fill in, like JFK, who's to say JFK really can't? Or Bjork could go back to center. Like, just all these guys, like, who's to say these guys can't fill that role next year? As right. much as Riley Nash is amazing. Like, he's played phenomenal. Do you really want to give him all that money if maybe – you can still not pay those other guys. Maybe somehow resign Rick Nash. Yeah, and you know what you're I talking would rather about. Let Riley go, resign Nash for a year, and yeah. have a young kid come up and do Riley's yeah. job. Because oh yeah, Nash was playing the center role. Because you're going to have you know all these guys that are young on our team now, rookies like your Heinens and your Russ. They're not going to be rookies next year, so you can't say that they're the young guys and. We've do, they've got some decisions like Gianta not coming back. Sorry, sorry about your luck. I, I don't. Nah, know. Not a chance in the world. I'll say that. Like I don't know if they brought Gianta back. I'm sorry, Sweeney. You got a serious problem. The guy's 39 years old. He's not Cesano Chara. Right. And then you got Tommy Wingles. It, 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 but Schaller, like it's like tough. They're both the same kind of guy. It's it's really tough. You look at the who's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, and Ryan Ash. Sorry, buddy. It's just it's going to be tough. To bring him back, yeah. The, to be fair, I think Gian is going to retire at the end of the year. I hope so. Yeah, he's played he well. He looks every game when it gets to like two minutes left and they show the bench. He looks half dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got that Chara like red nose thing where it starts to glow at the end of a game. Yeah, it's, he's, um, you know he's had a great career. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's, he's a great pickup. Like Sweeney looks like a genius for it. He's he's filled in great. Yeah, the, I, I don't give see him playing up to do it. Yeah, I don't think he's playing it. I, I think he'll be up on the ninth floor watching a lot of games, playoffs. But this is what it is. The additions of uh, players like Gianta and and Wingles, you know, they're good depth moves for what the Bruins are trying to do this season and in the playoffs. These mm-hmm. are not moves that are going to be signed for long term. You know, but you so. never know with Wingles. Like he's supposed to be, um, you know, the, the the thing about him is he's. An amazing locker room guy, and as you saw on Behind the B, I don't know if you guys saw it, he was one of the guys that like Sweeney really wanted. Like he was one of his targets for the day. Yeah, he was a target. It wasn't just hey, we can get Wingles. It was we're trying to get Wingles. Yeah, and he's been a good player so far. Mm-hmm. Those are his body around. He's got some speed yeah. to him. I saw him play. His forward checking is unreal. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing I noticed. Even at the AHL level, when he was with the Worcester. Um, um, sharks, uh, and they and they played the New England teams like twelve times, and they played you know the Providence Bruins twelve times a season. That's one thing that I noticed was his speed, his grittiness, and and his forechecking. So I, I had the pleasure of watching many games that he's played, and and at the NHL level too. If I had a chance to watch the Sharks uh, out west, um, 
uh, speaking of Western teams, going back to the um, the uh, upcoming schedule uh, next Friday, or this coming Friday, sorry, they're playing the Dallas Stars. So um, this kind of segue into the uh, David Pasternak versus Tyler Sagan debate. Um, I this is a good one because. <laughs> Obviously, Tyler Sagan's been in the league a little bit longer than than David Pasternak, but uh, just by the way David's been playing uh, this season and last, I I would have to, and because he's still a Bruin, I I definitely have to give it to, to David Pasternak on this one. There's a lot of people out there that still do not like that trade and want want Tyler back, but it's. Totally different system over there. So, yeah. Um, I like what Pasternak does. I think he has his games where he still looks as young as he is. Like you don't, you don't expect him to be a young guy anymore. Um, but you, he has them games where he just kind of throws the puck into space and skates off. But I think he's going to be great, Brian. I really do. And all that time he's got to mature is really good. Yeah, like right now, Tyler Sagan's a better hockey player. But yeah. this is it, someone said to me, "Oh, you can't compare." Well, you can compare. You can compare anything. The, the actual, like the whole word "compare" means. Anyways, it makes me laugh. But um, overall, what what he brings to the team, what he brings to the locker room, I, I think Pasternak would be better, have a better career longevity in the NHL than, than Sagan will. It's just the way I look at it. I, I don't see Dallas winning any cups any day soon. I, I think um, Pasta is more of a, um, a complement to players. Sagan's a centerman, but I don't know. I, would we still we even be able to have all these players on our team if we still had Sagan on the roster? We could never answer that question. But if the rumors are true, and here's my whole thing, because you know I'm about chemistry and players getting along and stuff. If the rumors are true of what happened, not the drinking part, but that other stuff. Yeah. And sorry, like, I wouldn't want anything to do with this guy with a 10-foot pole. And someone was mentioning to me, if you look at it, in Game 7 against the Leafs, yes, Sagan was on the ice when they scored the game winner. But when they had to tie the game, Sagan was on the bench. Hmm. Nathan Horton was on the ice. Yeah. And I know that's the other guy in question. Now, there's... No way in the world that they were so adamant about wanting to trade this guy and making it publicly like how they did, like on Behind the Bee, yeah. if some of those rumors aren't true. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not just about the drinking. So as much as Marsha and all that, they joke around with the guy and all that, but you never, you seem to see only Marshan's like the only one that jokes around with them before games and talks to him. Yeah. Yeah. So something happened there, man. So unfortunately, as much as people loved him, and I know like a lot of fans thought he was cute and all that great stuff. And he's a phenomenal hockey player. I'm not. But character to me wins all. And as much as Brad Marchand does that crap on the ice, supposedly off the ice, he's a great guy. So, sorry, Tyler Sagan. If you did supposedly, and I'm saying supposedly because I can't prove it, slept with Nathan Horton's wife, you're a scumbag. and You shouldn't be on this team. And I'm glad you're not. Plain and simple. Yep. So right away, you lose all, and I just choose past that. Plus, as Mark said before, I'm going to choose whoever's wearing the black and gold. This is what it is. Yeah. The guy is no longer here. I don't care anymore. And the fact that it's going to be the narrative again when we play him, it's it's literally get over it, people. 
He no longer plays here. He's not coming back. Yeah. The only guy I want back is Mark Savard. Yeah, right? No, like seriously. The rest of it, you know what? I don't care. Once you're gone, you're gone. I got to reach out to him and see if he wants to join the show because I know he's been doing a ton of podcasts lately. Yeah. I think, I think he'd be a fantastic guest. He's Huge also been act. doing a thing on uh, YouTube. how to tape your stick up. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I absolutely love that. I share as much as I can, and I watch it because it's it's really cool how he breaks everything down and different <laughs> techniques of taping your stick. And just to let everybody know, it's heel to toe. Yep, and that's how you do. Yeah, that's how you do it. I, so many, I'm just saying. That's just my uh, <laughs> my personal preference. Heel that's to how toe. I was taught, and that's how I'll always tape my stick. But like any of these players, once they're no longer a Bruin, you know, thanks for anything. Unless you're Ray Bork. Other than that, like second was here for a bit. Like, come on, he wasn't even here for. Long enough to, to have all those feelings. I don't know. It's just weird for me. I'd rather have Thornton or um, Kessel back in the prime than Sagan. So. Yeah, and Thornton, that's still to this day, I, I don't understand it. Yeah. That one making no sense to me. But we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't think yeah. you're trading a guy like Tyler Sagan if you don't, if there isn't a problem in the dressing room. And the thing. I'm the sorry, was, no one really sorry. caused to think about it when it happened, right? Like, the players yeah. didn't go, oh, they should never have traded him. No, everyone just got on with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you only see it when you see some players go, like when Fleury went from uh, Pittsburgh, every player had something to say about it on Twitter. Yeah, they, like, they miss him. Yeah. And when a guy like Sagan went, nothing. Yeah, how about this? Montreal Canadiens, you guys see what they did in the warm-up last night? No, I didn't. This, this goes to Thomas Polkanek's character. They were all wearing <clears throat> That's awesome. What was it? What was, that's, what was it? That goes to the character. They all a bunch of the a bunch of the guys like Gallagher and all those guys. They wore turtlenecks in the in the warm-up. <laughs> oh, no kidding. But that's amazing. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's yeah, that's a huge shot. But out. he's been there since he was drafted. So. Like like, and I understand people's points. Like some people were saying to me, "Oh, like, but Tyre Seconds just that good." But you know what? You can score all the goals in the world and all that, but if no one wants to play with you and no one trusts you on that ice, yeah, I mean, no be on this hockey club. If, if yeah, you... but I could put, like, Noel Achari in between Jamie Benn and Alexander Radulov, and he'd put points up. Like, yeah, but when the it comes line to... that he is on is unreal right second, now. Second would get the points without those guys, but... Oh, yeah, but... Ben, ben has done a fantastic job in, in reeling in Sagan. Yeah. yeah. Personally... And we... When you think about two different players and two different styles of game between Tyler Zagan and another, but when you when you think about how disliked you are throughout the league, I compare him to like an Alex Burrows. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I mean they are two different players uh, offensively, big time, no doubt about it. But I mean, I heard a story on a podcast a couple months ago about Alex Burrows always. And out of the kindness of his heart, but I know there's an angle why he does this, always goes out and makes sure that he goes to off-season charity events with other players in the league, not just his teammates. Because the fact is that he wants to do it to get known. He doesn't want to be known as being a scumbag anymore. He wants to make friends. But, you know, I, I just I think that's kind of dumb, in my opinion. I think you should just do it out of the kindness of your heart and... You know, if you want to contribute to a charity event, you should just stay home and 
and and and dump some money towards them but don't don't go there trying to make friends and and use that as a way to to communicate i just think that that was just really stupid and i don't want to put this as a dump on Sagan because once again i'm saying he's there's there's many and many and many, he's a top 10 player in the league he is oh yeah no doubt skill set he's a top 10 player in the league but like i said i'm basing this all on a rumor and if the rumor is true and it seems to be you know what? I don't want anything to do with the guy. Right. It's a morals thing. I I don't know. I wouldn't trust him. I wouldn't even trust him as a friend. That's true. All right, gentlemen. That is the show for today and this week. Glad to be back with you after a rough weekend last weekend. Uh, time always goes by fast. Uh, please, everybody, follow us on uh, on Twitter. Um, and. Uh, if you want to buy our merchandise, you're, all the listens are, are a nine, but you'd be a ten if you went to bngshop.bigcartel.com and bought some merch. It looks good. We are selling a lot of stuff, and it's and it's exciting. So uh, we got some limited uh, limited edition sweatshirts and t-shirts and a lot of good stuff. So check it out and support yeah. the show. And then sweatshirts won't be there long because it's heating up a bit yeah and, and some people forget them <laughs> <laughs> myself yeah. included i forgot mine too when we, we were when we were with thomas so thomas went out of his way to bring them to us and did <laughs> a phenomenal job getting everything prepared and even doing the whole thing of getting the shirts made and the, the hoodies and we totally totally blew it yeah my uh, apologies thomas yeah i wouldn't have forgotten on air thomas i'd have made sure i had mine him and his fiance were absolutely a pleasure to meet, along with your friends, Court. Um, yeah, and and Lauren. Yeah, Lauren. Lauren was good, and and her friend and Adam, and we had a nice little crew um, before and after the game, and it was a lot of fun. So I wish we could do that more often, but we will get together sooner or later. This time, I want Mr. Rob Tomlin to get his ass over here and watch a game. I will. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks again for listening, um, and take care. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Puck gets onto the skate of Nikki Petty and Jack Stanika, shorthanded breakaway, scores! Tucks it in underneath Cole Cece, and it's a 1-0 Oshawa lead. Now McLeod mishandles and Donato tries to make a pay. Here's Donato. In deep, Ryan Donato pulls and scores! A highlight reel goal for Ryan Donato. Goes to his left. In front, and that's Fred Frederick on the one-time redirect. Frederick with his fourth, and Team USA now up 8-2. to two. Hey, Bruins fans. As mentioned earlier, uh, we have Josh back. Uh, he writes for the shippinguptocausway.com website. 
Uh, Josh, welcome back. We're going to talk a little bit of prospects. Uh, hey, Mark. I was glad to do prospect talk with you. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, um, sorry about last week. I, I, I mentioned earlier that I was a little uh, uh, a little drunk, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, at least it was for a good cause, though. It was a, oh, it was what a, a great game to be at. What a blast. Absolute yeah, blast absolutely. It seems like, the, seems like the Bruins have had quite a number of these kind of almost 80s-style games where the score just gets run so high. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, it was it was a great day, and and it just the next day I just absolutely paid for it. So I I feel like a rookie when it comes to alcohol consumption. But regardless, I'm glad that you you understood and you and you oh, yeah. and you came back to <laughs> yeah, uh, quite a number of those days myself. Yeah, uh, let's just jump right into it with the uh, American Hockey League, the Providence Bruins, uh, the Baby Bees had two games last week. Um, they did. They were on the road the weekend before for two games, and then they didn't have a Sunday game. So it's just going to bring us right into uh, our discussion right now. And on Friday, March 16th, 2018, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, uh, the Providence Bruins hosted the uh, Rochester Americans. Um, the first period, uh, Adam Peril got his uh, sixth goal of the season from Augustino and Chris Breen at the 15:26 mark. And the second period, uh, Connor Clifton got on the uh, on the board with his third goal at the 6:51 mark, unassisted. And then it was the start of the Austin Zarnick show, and and this kid's just been amazing this season. Um, he scores his 18th from uh, Fitzgerald and Cross, which was on the power play at 8:14. And jumping to the third period, uh, Zarnick again with his 19th goal from Augustino and Fitzgerald. Another power play goal at 5:41, and to end the game, Zarnick caps off the hat trick, uh, his 20th goal from Cross at the 19:07, which was an empty net goal. Uh, shots on goal were 49 shots to 31 Rochester shots. Uh, pretty amazing. Uh, Providence was pretty good on the power play with two uh, two for five. McIntyre with a win. Um, Stopping twenty eight of thirty one. Your thoughts on that game, sir? That was an amazing game to watch. I'm so glad that work was kind of quiet Friday night to allow me to be able to keep an eye on that game because that was a fun one. That was a real good game to be at. It feel it felt like the entire team kind of came together for that when there was not just besides Austin Zarnick, there was not just one person who was standing out above the rest. It seemed like the defense kind of held down pretty tightly it seemed like the uh, forward lines were all rolling effectively the power play was good which is kind of been a sore spot for me it seems like they uh kind of get in my minus column a lot uh, except lately I, I gotta give them that they have done quite a good job lately but it seemed like every kind of facet of providence's game was crisp clean and ready to go for that night they absolutely came out to play and they did such a good job of it yeah and 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 jumping back on the austin zarek um hype uh he's just been an amazing player this season um with with those points um we'll get to uh last night's game when he didn't score any points but uh he's got 58 points and he's literally five points behind um 
Lehigh Valley's Phil Verone for the uh, league lead. So it's cur- he's currently in third place right now. So My only concern about Zarnik is, I think we've been over this before, but I'm worried that he's kind of a tweener a la Seth Griffith from uh, years prior, just that he's... <sighs> I'm I'm not 100% on his skating. He's got the shot. He's got the release. He's got the accuracy. He's even pretty good at the face-off top. But I don't know. There's just a, one component of his game that I'm I, I can't pick it out exactly. But there's something. He's not a he's a very good player, but he's not a complete player yet. And I'm hoping that he can put it together and kind of figure out what it, it'll take for him to get to the next level. Oh, that, and, and no, you're absolutely right there. I mean, that that's, that happens with a developing player, and and as a, I believe, a 25 year old, 24, 25 year old, he's still developing. So yeah, exactly. And, and those points that you brought up might be the thing that the NHL Bruins see too, and why he's not at that type, at that higher level. Yeah, it's just like an there's an it factor to certain call ups. You know, we we saw Danton Heinen. He got. He started the year with uh, Boston, um, not this season, but last season, this season as well. But he went down, played a year in Providence, and then came back up this season. And it was as if you saw a night and day player. There was a. He was invisible last season, and then this season, he stepped up and he made his mark. And I think that's what Zarnik needs to do to solidify a spot in an NHL roster. Absolutely. Um, Zane McIntyre, actually, I mean, he's been playing well. I'm not saying, I'm not going to down his efforts this season. They, they were not, they're far from his numbers of last year. But uh, I thought on Friday night he did play very well. Um, he, giving up that first goal in the, uh, let me see, I need to bring my, my numbers back here. Yeah, yeah, that was at one thirteen. That kind of re- that was kind of reminiscent of when he'd give up that that one goal like early in the game that you could almost time your watch by. It kind of it was very reminiscent of that. Yeah, and I think we talked about um, him doing that. I mean, he just it almost like he's he's not fully prepared, and then he when he lets that goal within the two minute range in the air quotes I just uh, showed. Um, he he recovers very well, you know. It's almost like he got beat. Then now it's time to get to work, and 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 I believe that the guys in front of him see that they work harder, and, and in results they come up with a five to three win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was it was good to see him kind of regain his form. It's almost like the the NHL Bruins, where you know they go down by a goal. It's no big deal. They use that as almost motivation and they win the game we've seen that how many times this season with the big club and they've done a fine job thus far and then jump into last night's game against the lehigh valley phantoms at the ppl center um they they just there was 40 34 shots that lehigh took 33 shots that the bruins took and from my experience in watching that game last night i just thought that the game, the game action was there for the Providence Bruins, but no finish. No finish. They they, they couldn't capitalize on anything. Um, it was you know, it was just a it, tough game to watch. Um, Jordan Binnington in that he's he had a good uh, a, he's having a good season as a uh, as a lone player from the St. Louis Blues organization. 
and he stopped 31 to 34. So his game was there. It was just the guys in the front. Yeah, you, you know, going back to this, just no finish. Um, and Dustin Tokarski was absolutely standing on his head. So that was probably the best game I've seen Tokarski play. Yeah, and that was that. He had the game of his life. Yeah. So the Bruins get shut out three to nothing. Um, I don't know where to go with this with this game, and yeah. and and my biggest thing, Josh, is is how this team is going to respond today against uh, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers with the puck set to drop at um, at three oh five. I believe it's is it in Providence? It's in Providence, yeah. So they had to go out to Lehigh Valley and then get their ass kicked, come back home. On short rest to play the to play a rested Bridgeport Sound Tigers team. Yeah. So today's going to be one of those statement games where they're going to need to dig real deep and figure out what they're made of. Because yeah, exactly. It's going it, to today is going to be a real tough challenge for them. Yeah, and, and the season record uh, between this uh, Bridgeport Sound Tigers and the Providence Bruins is uh, is four four zero and one in the this year. And um, let me see if there's anything else. No. So they they, they got to respond. I, I'm I'm pretty guaranteeing that uh, uh, Zane McIntyre gets to start today uh, because they, he normally does the Friday game, Friday Sunday games, and gives the uh, the uh, the duties to Bennington uh, on the Saturday. So yeah, exactly. So the nice thing is. Um... I heard from Mark Diver that apparently Zane McIntyre didn't even make the trip out to Lehigh Valley because what he's going to make the trip to just sit there on the bench. And they called up the uh, goalie from, not Dan Vladar, but the goalie from, uh, the backup goalie from Atlanta to just kind of sit on the bench, kind of meet them there, just sit on the bench and do his thing. And then he would be returned today. So Zane's oh. actually still in Providence. He was still in, he was in Providence this entire weekend, thankfully. So at least Zane will be hopefully fresh and ready to go. I didn't know fresh that. As I didn't know that. Uh, Josh dropping the knowledge. I love it. <laughs> it's um, why you have me on here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did a lot of soul searching to find the right person that can uh, bring those tidbits. So it's always <laughs> welcome to have you back. <laughs> Actually, you know what? We, we, we might as well just say it now. I'm thinking about. I mean, we we've talked about it with the uh, with the other guys, and we'd love to have you on on a weekly basis. So, if you're interested, I'd love to have it. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to uh, join you guys whenever my work schedule allows. It's just healthcare three to eleven doesn't right. exactly make it easy to uh, join you guys, but I absolutely would love to. Yeah, but that and that's a perfect reason. I mean, we, we're gonna do the. The NHL Bruins in the first hour, and then we could talk prospects in the second hour, and we can yeah, work with your schedule. So, absolutely perfect. Um, so, as of right now, the uh, in the Atlanta Division, the Providence Bruins are in third place, and I, you know, what I find funny this season, and I'm not sure if if I ever noticed this last year, but. Is it the American Hockey League is actually ranking the teams by winning percentage and not points? No, it's not points. Yeah, you're right. That's I I always thought it would be by points, but no, I heard you're not the person first person I I saw this talk about this either. It's uh 
a couple of people at the dunk have been mentioning it and it's not a, you're right it's not about points this season it's about win percentage which is a stat i've never seen as a measuring stick yeah. it's always been how many points do you have and um what's your regulation or overtime win percentage and that is kind of a secondary fact. It wasn't like the primary measuring rod. It was points. It just it doesn't make any sense that right now in the Atlanta division, the Providence Bruins in 63 games at 37, 21, 3, and 2 was 79 points. But the winning percentage is a .627. Now, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Penguins have played two less games. They have one less win. They, the 19 losses... They have 78 points, and they have a 639 winning percentage, and they're technically in second place, which... Just barely ahead of us, but actually, I I don't know. Maybe with the game today, we can pull that that uh, record just a little bit closer. I, I, I don't even know how they do the math with this other than, yeah, I'm, I'm not really good at math. But yeah, I, I think we can pull pretty close to a Wilkes-Barre today if they can uh, pull off that win against Bridgeport, which would be good because... That would push Bridgeport a little further south than the Charlotte Checkers. And I'm imagining that the Checkers are probably going to play Lehigh Valley, who's in first place. So let them beat each other up before we have to play whoever's left. Yeah. And um, and with nine games left to go, I believe, in the uh, Providence Bruins season, the uh, the matchup today against Bridgeport. I mean, they're, they're, they're playing – Bridgeport's playing well. They're, they're 7-3-0 in the last, in the last ten and they're, they're on a one-game winning streak, so um, it's going to be a no, big test. No, actually, they're on a, a one-game losing streak. Oh, I, yeah, I just saw that. Sorry, my so eyes got a little cross-eyed. <laughs> no, I was actually looking at the Charlotte Checkers, and I was like, no, that's two-win streak, and then I realized which yeah. row I was looking at. Yeah, yeah so that's Cornelia, what I was Cornelia. doing, too. <laughs> um, but regardless, uh, it's going to be a big test. Hopefully the uh, Providence Bruins uh, are up for it. Um and coming down to the season, I I mean, I don't know where the matchups are going to be. I haven't had time to really look into that. If you have any information on potential first-round uh, best-of-five matchups, let me know. Cause I believe it works the same way that the um, NHL does where, you know, you have one playing four and then two and three playing with two obviously getting a home ice advantage and one obviously getting home ice advantage over uh, the fourth seed. I pl- I believe you play within your division and then potentially the conference finals are where you meet somebody from the other division and then you go on to play obviously in the Calder Cup finals if you move on past that. So I believe it's structured very similar to the NHL. So with that being said, do you think it could be a Lehigh Valley Phantoms first round or Wilkes-Barre Scranton? Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Because it would be, if we pass Wilkes-Barre Scranton, we're still only in second place. So we would then play at home the majority of the games against Wilkes-Barre Scranton. And then Lehigh Valley and Charlotte would play each other. The worst case scenario for the P Bruins is that they go on a terrible losing streak and they fall to fourth place where they would match up against Lehigh Valley and we would get waffle stomped. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't like the matchup with Lehigh Valley at all. Um, Unfortunately, we do play them, what is it, four or five times 
out of the last nine games. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. The worst case scenario is that we drop to four and then see them again in the playoffs where, yeah, I, I don't think. I'm 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 kind of an optimist, except when it comes to certain matchups. And yeah, we would absolutely get waffle stomped here. And the uh, the scenario, if it did work out that way with Wilkes Barre Granton, um, is not always a good one in the past. I've I've seen the, uh, this uh, this uh, Penguins farm team, you know, not not roll over the Bruins, but win some a lot of recent series. Uh, last year, fortunately, the Bruins came out with a three to two. I believe it was a first round best of five, and they got lucky. Yeah, which which absolutely you know started their role onto the uh, the conference final against Syracuse, and Syracuse uh, clinched their um, their way into the playoffs. So, regardless, was it, Mark, was it Hershey in the first round, or was it Wilkes-Barre in the first oh, round? Trying... I thought it. I thought it was Hershey first. I, I'm sorry. I thought it was Wilkes-Barre then Hershey, and then. Um, Syracuse. I could that order could be wrong. Yeah, that uh, I on my end too. I'm trying to remember exactly which, but yeah, exactly. I remember they carried us to the uh, last game, and it was a pretty. It was definitely a barn burn, as I remember too. So, the, yeah, the Penguins aren't exactly the easiest team to face, but I have much better hope going into that playoff series than I would against Lehigh Valley. Yeah, Lehigh is just really doing well this year. And and, and not to pump anybody's tires outside of the Providence Bruins, but that arena is pretty impressive. The entire the arena, the uh the they even they have their own um like pre-game and post-game yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was whole, watching it on AHL yeah, exactly. live. The whole Everything about it is done so professionally. If ever, if anybody listening gets a chance to watch an AHL live, please check out a game against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms where they're at home because that that's how the AHL should be. That's kind of the benchmark for how the rest of the team, the league should be. They're just that good. Yeah, yeah. The AHL live feed was just outstanding. It Crystal was like clear. so HD and. It was so much better than the than the the feed provided by the Providence Bruins. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't like to naysay them, but yeah, yeah it right. leaves a lot to be desired. They definitely have to step it up, and and especially they should really consider this off season as a as a benchmark to um, get back into the radio. Um, as much as I, you know, I watch the games, and you do too. We watch we watch every freaking game. Um, not having a home radio station to cover that exactly. part of the AHL live is is really disturbing. And I remember I was listening to the Rochester feed, and they butchered Senechin's name. Oh, Senchin. every single time. I hate when they call him Senchin. There's, it's, <laughs> yeah, there's no exactly. ch. There's no ch in the middle of his name. It's it's Senechin, you know. <laughs> but regardless, um, we got to move on to other leagues. Um, the East Coast Hockey League, the Atlanta Gladiators, uh, Bruins 2015 third round pick uh, goaltender Dan Vladar is three five and zero in his last ten games, and in that time frame has a three point oh eight goals against average and a nine oh seven save percentage. Uh, Vladar has a, a 2017-18 season record of fifteen seventeen and zero two point nine nine goals against and a nine ten save percentage. 
The GLAD team has seven games remaining in the season with the next game on Monday night, March 19th, when Atlanta hosts rival the uh, South Carolina Stingrays. Atlanta is uh, 29-32, 2-2 on the season and in fourth place in the East Coast Hockey League South Division. Excuse me. Uh, But when it comes to playoff talk, they are on the outside looking in in ninth place as of today. Now, I know we discussed this two weeks ago when we had you on, but let me beat that drum once more that the the win-loss record and the statistics don't tell the full story. This is one of those cases where you need to do the eye test because Vladar is a much better goalie than his ECHL numbers make him out to be. In fact, um, two, I want to say the week that we I was supposed to be on with you, uh, the prior week he was called up for a game against Laval and he looked so much better he just looked amazing it was great to watch him he looked cool confident he had a good defense playing in front of him and the give it that's where the eye test comes in that you got to watch him and see how he plays it's not he's a kind of a victim of a subpar team yeah and and I, I have to, uh, two weeks ago, I made a mistake. I thought he was unbeaten in the NHL, AHL, I'm sorry. Um, but I was very well corrected by a uh, good friend uh, and uh, other podcaster um, from the Something Brewing in PVD podcast uh, told me that he did have one loss. Mm, yeah, was, he's 6-1 and I think 3. Yeah. So he's got he's got really good numbers in the AHL and and one thing I wanted to talk to you about is um, where he lands next season. Um, I, I so the St. Louis Blues are going to have their own farm team as starting next year, so that is definitely going to create a spot. I don't see the Bruins making a deal for like a, a seventh round draft pick um, to keep. Bennington in the system and keep Vladar down in the East Coast League. I think he really, and I understand it's a small sample size with ten games in the AHL in that record, but he's he's proving that he belongs or at least uh, needs a chance in the AHL to prove himself. So I don't see Bennington coming back, um, and I see him moving up. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I'm. Extremely hopeful that we do another one of those 1A, 1B tandems where McIntyre and Vladar kind of share the load, maybe skew it a little bit more in McIntyre's favor, just given that he's been the starter since uh, 15, 16, or no, 16, 17. And we see more of Vladar, because you're right, he absolutely deserves a spot up in the uh, AHL. He's proven it with six wins. I mean, six wins is nothing to shake a stick at when you're coming up from kind of a scrub league and that you can fill in in a more professional, a more uh, high-stakes league like the AHL that you can fit in and you can look natural and have a winning percentage. I think that speaks a lot to his maturity and development. Yeah, absolutely. And and talking to um, a player like uh, uh, Jeremy Swayman, uh, which you had the opportunity to um, interview, um, a, a key role in the coaching uh, comes down to um, new development coach Mike Dunham. And Dunham has made several trips down to uh, Atlanta to be with Vladar and and nurture him in the professional way, you know, and exactly. have that professional uh, presence around um, 
So good things are happening, not only um, with the prospects, but uh, with the uh, the coaching staff. And I, not having a full-time AHL coach, goaltending coach, which I still think they really do need. I don't understand why the Bruins organization can't afford uh, a salary of a guy to be there home and away. Because we, we both know Bob Asenza can't be everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And Mike Dunham is not that coach that's going to be in Providence all the time. He's one of those. He, he's going everywhere in North America to be with these kids. So um, moving forward, there are there are some good steps um, in uh, Villanueva's development, and I really want to see him get a chance. I, I you know I'm really high on him. I was I was very excited when they got him in the draft as the second highest uh, ranked European goaltender. So. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, he's going to be a fun one to watch. I definitely think his ceiling is higher than McIntyre, or possibly his floor is higher than McIntyre. Yeah. If you kind of get the the uh, analogy that maybe their ceilings are about the same, but at their worst, I think Vladar would be better than McIntyre. Yeah, I could, I would definitely agree with that. Um, moving on to the Ontario Hockey League with the Oshawa Generals, uh, Beast 2017 second round pick Jack Sneka. Uh, plays his last game of the 2017-18 regular season today when his Generals team hosts the Sudbury Wolves. Stanika has 22 goals, 50 assists, 72 points in 66 games played this season and is currently on a five-game point streak with six goals, four assists, 10 points in that time frame. Uh, the playoff-bound Oshawa team is set to play the Niagara Ice Dogs in the Game one of the best of seven series on Friday night, March 23rd on the road. And 16, uh, 16 career OHL playoff games. Jack is uh, 5, 12, and 17 and a minus 5. I'm actually uh, looking forward to seeing him tonight playing yeah. against the, uh, the Wolves. Because as soon as the P Bruins are over, the my next the next stop on my little calendar is to watch the uh, OHL and uh, keep an eye on J- Captain Jack. Um, I'm even thinking of possibly making a trip out to Niagara just to kind of watch one of those games if my schedule allows for it, just because that would be an experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I like the way Jack's played this year. I mean, he's definitely having career numbers. Um, he's a 200-foot player. Uh, he's got a lot of decent attributes to work on as a developing player, but I, I really want to see him get stronger in the face-off circle. Yeah, um, even though even though it's like fifty percent, and that's still decent numbers for the 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 type of player he is and where he's playing, he definitely needs to be better. Um, and with everything that's going on, I I, I I'm curious to f- see when he is uh, he is signed under an entry level contract, uh, but I'm actually very curious if if he leaves um, the. Ontario Hockey League early to become a professional in the AHL. I believe he is eligible next season as a 20-year-old. I could be wrong. Um, but that, that all remains to be seen because they, it, the Bruins just seem to be loading up on, on, on you know, the NCAA. And definitely forgot to mention that Trent Frederick was, was officially added to the uh, roster last night. So okay, great. he we will be, today. yeah, he will. Be, uh, well, I'm not sure if he will, but um, we should be seeing him today. That remains to be seen. I'm not, 
you know, saying anything that. Yeah, exactly. I got to wait for the uh, starting lineups to come out, but exactly. we could possibly see him today. Yeah, I, I always like wait for Mark Divis, um roster exactly. to, you know, because he's such a great person to follow. Um, so it's it's his last game. He's currently on a five game um, point streak, and uh, he could continue that. And you know, I I really hope he goes. Uh, far in the playoffs gets that experience um but regardless if he does come to the ahl i i don't see him playing a huge role you know what i find is i find a lot of players like this they, they get called to the ahl and they really don't play but they're more or less there for the experience uh working out and so on you know getting along with the coaches trying to get the system down exactly uh, like zach Zenishin, he he after his commitment was over um, he came to the uh, the Providence Bruins and was forced into action because of a uh, an injury to Peter Solaric. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens with him. But uh, his teammate Kyle Kieser, who was signed by the uh, the Bruins in the fall of 2017 to an entry level contract, had a solid season and goal regardless of his two uh, concussions. Um, in 47 games played in the 2017-18 regular season, the Coral Springs. Native has 28 wins and 13 losses and a, and a kind of a high 3.15 goals against and a low uh, 904 save percentage. In his last game against Peterborough, he gave up eight goals in an uh, 8-4 loss on March 16th and uh, looks to bounce back today against a struggling Sudbury team who is uh, last in the Eastern Conference and uh, winless in the last two and 3-5 and two in the last 10 games. So, I like I like Keezer, and actually I had a conversation with Dominic Tiano, who's a writer um, in the uh, Ontario Hockey League, and he does a fantastic job up there, and he uh, follows a lot of the Bruins prospects uh, very closely. And he said that the 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 two concussions that he suffered this season alone is something to be concerned about. Even though yes, you brought them up, I was starting the gears in my head were starting to turn. Like that's not good, right? So it kind of makes me wonder where the Bruins go into the 2018 draft from uh, Dallas, Texas this season. Um, they don't have a they don't have a third. Well, they, they I'm sorry, they do have a third round pick. Um, where do, I'm concerned about adding to the depth of the goal in case something is wrong with Kyle. I know he's playing somewhat okay, uh, but. His long-term health is kind of a concern. I'm almost wondering if he might hang his skates up a little bit early just because of all the uh, uh, concussions that he sustained. Two in a season is a bit much for a guy that young. Yeah, and both of them he's gotten trucked. He's gotten absolutely yeah. trucked over, and it's been it, – the, the the replays that I've seen from uh, General's live con uh, Twitter account uh, when they break down the video was – I just – ouch, you know. So, remains to be seen what what happens with his future. Hopefully, nothing happens, uh, you know, head wise, because um, he. I mean, from the games that I've seen, he's very athletic. Um, he reminds me of a better Malcolm Subban in it, while he was here uh, with his athleticism. And but this type of player, in comparison, he can make that save by being aggressive but have the athleticism to get back and make the uh, next save where I found uh, Subban was too aggressive and, and 
was never available to make that second save. Except now he somehow does in Vegas. I know. <laughs> I know, right? And and from people I talk to out in Vegas, they, they say that their goaltending coach is constantly with them. Every day, always. They're all you know, they're very close and I I think that's what he needed in, in Providence. You stole the words out of my mouth. Yeah, I, I and I think that's what people like players like McIntyre need and then Vladar coming up, you know. I, I think that that presence is is so valuable to these kids these days. When you see a a, a goaltending coach once a week, once a month, you know, I don't I don't I'm not in the room and I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but it just seems like they're not there all the time and it's not that they don't care. It's just, you know, they're not they're not using an asset role that they should be using today. So it's just proven us wrong, you know. I mean, we all thought that Subban was a decent prospect, but he just wasn't rising to the occasion when it came to the uh, to the goaltending depth. And now it's now we're seeing, and we're you know we're losing it because he got picked up off of waivers, and and obviously the, the Las Vegas um, team is uh, reaping the benefits. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. I mean, and it's good for Subban too, honestly, because. It's nice to see him succeed. You know, you'd see him so many times in Providence, and you'd see some horror, some just bad losses, and you'd think, man, we really whiffed on that pick. And then come to find out, he's actually a really good prospect. He's a really good player. He knows what he's doing. He's good at what he does. He just needed a little bit more attention than the Bruins could give him or were willing to give him is what my concern was. Yeah, and um, yeah, definitely good for him. Um, the next uh, league, uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, is St. John Sea Dogs. Uh, Bruins' sixth-round selection in 2017, Cedric Paré. His season is over in the queue as the Sea Dogs team that was the best last year winning the President's Trophy and making a 2017 Memorial Cup appearance failed to make the playoffs this season with only 14 wins and 68 games played. That's and, unbelievable. Yeah. And the last place team in the league, uh, Pare end of the year with 13 goals, 24 assists, 37 points, and in 129 career games in the queue, has 18 goals, 36 assists, 54 points. So he's done so much better than he did his draft year. I'm quite impressed with how he's really now that he's now that he's been drafted, he's really working on improving his game. And it's shown up on the stat sheet for sure, but just he's he seems like a much more complete player than before. I mean, his skating still needs a bit of work, but there the old saying goes, if you're a tall guy, you have to prove that you can't play hockey, whereas if you're a short guy, you have to play they have to prove that you can play. So I think he's at least got the size going for him and maybe that over the summer, over the off season, he can get with some of the Bruins skating coaches, or maybe even the Sea Dog skating coaches. I don't know what have you, but if he can work on that stride, I think he's got a better shot of making a deeper impact at the higher leagues, even the NHL one day. I mean, I think I saw somebody once saying that they thought his ceiling was a second or a third line center, but it remains to be seen how much he he wants to work on it because he's got the frame. He just needs the IQ and the skating legs for it. Yeah, friend of the show and uh, Rogers, um, Rogers TV color analyst, um, and he's also a scout, uh, Craig Eagles. Uh, we talk um, 
at least once a week about what's going on with uh, Pare. And, and he continues to tell me that he's still working hard and does all the right things. Um, he's not that type of player right now in his development that's going to be putting 60 to 70 points up because uh, he, he needs to work on, the more, on his fundamentals and, and his attributes as he continues to develop. And, and I, I don't want to criticize certain um, websites, but you know, there's, um, Craig Eagles did mention that uh, Pare could uh, join the uh, Providence Bruins as early as, you know, as soon as possible. Uh, but uh, signing an entry-level contract, I, I don't see it happening right now just because of the way that the the um, the depth is at center. So I think uh, by having – I mean, even though he's if he signs an entry-level contract, he can still go back to the queue. But I believe this person that wrote this article was mentioning that he could be signed and stay in Providence, and I don't see that happening. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that, just given maybe – his age and kind of his draft position. But to his credit, I mean, he's been wearing the C down in the Q the whole season. So it's got to speak to his character and his kind of uh, his his maybe intangibles more than anything else. So at the, at the very least, he'd probably be a good locker room guy. But yeah, you're right. I don't know as if I see him joining Providence or far 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 away from the uh the 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 big club yet it just no that it would be nice but yeah i don't think that's in the cards right now given our especially given our depth at center I mean, yeah we seem to have just that's what that's what i think that wasn't i mean i'm not criticizing the, the article or anything like that i just don't think that it was i think what was read from craig eagle's um tweet was just taken a little further than than the research allowed. Um, I mean, he players can come, prospects can come to the team on an ATO and not sign permanently. So, I, yeah, it makes me think of uh, the silly scene from uh, the. It's an old sports movie, Angels in the Outfield, and the, one of the one of the young kids, one of the young stars from the movie. He, one of his famous lines is, "It could happen." Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It could, but I don't know about uh, if it actually will. Yeah, I just, I just don't think he's ready for the AHL quite yet. Um, so, I, I just think he needs a little more work. And as the uh, center depth uh, continues to, you know, be weeded out, I mean, I think uh, an opportunity for him after next season would be definitely in the cards. Um, Absolutely, you know so. Uh, and my predictions, my predictions for him and where he lands, if he can, if he stays um, with the Bruins organization, in the future is definitely a third or a fourth line center. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just he's a good kid, but yeah, you're right. Maybe not. You know, the toolbox analogy. Maybe he hasn't. He's not. He doesn't have the toolbox stocked as fully as some other prospects might. Yep. Uh, jumping to the NCAA, um, not much to talk about. I mean, we did touch on the Trent Frederick. Uh, he signed an entry-level contract leaving Wisconsin. Uh, and the week before that, uh, Cam Hughes, uh, a good friend and, and fellow teammate, uh, Badger teammate, uh, signed an entry-level contract. So I, I, it kind of made me think about um, it when, when Hughes signed, how much for lo- longer was it take before um, – Frederick was going to move and I think it's 
I really don't want to see what happened to Danton Heinen when Danton Heinen left his sophomore year at at, at the uh, uh, D- D- Denver. So I know uh, Danton struggled a little bit uh, in his first couple in the first year, but um, I think Frederick is just a little better. It it's kind of hard to say. He's not. Yeah, he's I know not what you're better. He's not at that time when. When Heinen was at Denver, I'm talking about not now. So Frederick right now has got a huge ceiling. I've talked to many people that, that are around the uh, the Badgers, uh, and they've all said that he's got a professional release, a professional shot. He's got great strides. He can skate. He's got a great 200 foot game. Three zone player, um, and his and his his IQ is just. Tremendous. So I am super soaked, sight soaked, um, to see him uh, in a Providence uniform, and hopefully it happens today because I, I I've been following him. I've had great conversations with his family. His father and mother are great people. I know one of his brothers. They always make the trip to development camp, and that's when I have my opportunity to to jump on an interview. So um, he's just a good kid, family kid, and and you know he's got a tremendous future, and. It makes me wonder, you know, the intel that the Bruins had at the uh, 2016 draft when he was selected with the 29th pick in the first round. You know, Anaheim, it's been mentioned that Anaheim was really targeting him in the first round, and and the Bruins got some of that intel and and jumped on it. So I think it was a great move, regardless of popular opinion. I think people now are realizing that it was a solid pick. Exactly, and I'm kind of disparaging uh, what Keith Gretzky's got because I really love Keith Gretzky. Not gonna lie, he was a great uh, amateur scout for the Bruins, but uh, just don't like that he said what the the comments that he made about Frederick when they initially selected him. It's kind of you know you just selected the guy, let him let him grow, let him see what, what let, let's see what he actually has to offer the Bruins. I mean, don't kind of put a cap on what you think his ceiling is going to be. Right. Yeah. That's kind of, it's kind of weird coming from a, um, a, a guy like him that's been around the, the, uh, the scouting range for a long exactly. time. Exactly. It's one of those, it's, it should, it, that should have been an off the record quote. And I'm, yeah, it's, you're right. It's kind of a head scratcher. Yeah. But, um, regardless of that, um, we got to talk about Ryan Donato. Yeah, Donato watch. Um, yeah, Donato watch. Dri- drives me absolutely crazy. With what, I know, what... I was I was in the bank yesterday, and um, I actually typed out Donato watch in the little like hashtag search on Twitter to see if it was actually a thing, and it was. I was like, really? Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? I I, I have a feeling I know who who started that whole hashtag. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> he's a great guy, but he's got he's got lofty goals, and you know. I'm a, I'm a remains, space, yeah. A little bit of empty space in the skull. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a remains to be seen type of guy. Exactly. Um, when yeah, it comes yep. to prospects, I do not say will. I do not say definite. I do not say anything like that because <laughs> I don't get involved in that. Um, Ryan's a good player. He's he's a great prospect. He's going to be a, a a great Bruin. I just don't see him making a trip to Boston this season. I think it's, yeah. it, you know, the idea is, is not dumb. I, I just think people, uh, you know, like like um, Court says on our regular program, 
you know, it's that shiny toy that everybody wants to see. Yep. You know, yep. and I don't think that his placement on this Bruins roster this season is warranted. I think that yeah, he yep. should he should finish the year if he wants to sign. I mean, he still has the option to go back to school. And you know, people don't think that he is going to do that, but um it all remains to be seen. And and the fact is that I don't see a player that's been with the NHL Bruins taking a seat and being comfortable with that with a guy that's got no NHL experience coming into the team. And, and you know, that would send a horrible message to the guys in the room who have been battling and fighting their way through what's been a remarkably awesome season for the Bruins. And yeah, you're right to have some youngster come in and take your spot that just it sends such a bad message to the rest of the guys like, Oh yeah, it's, it's kind of the shiny new toy mentality. Like, Oh, you're old news. Now we've got this new guy who we're going to replace you with. Yep. Yeah. And regardless of, of his play in the Olympics, I mean, there were no NHL players there. They were oh, yeah. former. He was fighting against former NHL players. Of, yeah. He was against kind of developmental guys or the super team that the, uh, athletes from a country other than russia brought or whatever that team was called oh aor oar yeah Yeah. other athletes russia something like that but yeah it's 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 a preview of what he can be but you're you're hitting it on the mark that there was no other nhl competition there so what's the real barometer of how far he's actually into his development we don't know if he's actually nhl ready yet some people just seem to think that he is just because of his 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 college um, stats. He's, I mean, he was a almost a point and a half per game player uh, throughout the 2017-18 season at Harvard uh, in 29 games played. He's got 26 goals, 17 assists, and 43 points. You know, and he had a, he had a decent uh, first uh, the uh, ECAC tournament. Um, they won the best of three against Dartmouth, and they moved on to. To, uh, to play Clarkson, which ultimately they lost to, and and now they're out. So Donato watches fully on. So um, I, I, you know, if he signs, he signs. I'm I'm all for what the Bruins want to do because it's their, it's it's you know it's their show. Um, Just because of his pedigree doesn't mean that you have to rush him right exactly. in. Exactly, and I think that's what a lot of people, you know, they're like, well, his father did it. Well, you know, it's it's a different time. You know, I I don't. That's that's the 80s and 90s. Yeah, you're absolutely comparing kind of apples to oranges yeah. here because it's almost a completely different game than it was back then. And it's I, the same game, but not. Yeah, and I know I'm going to get hammered for it, and but I I don't I don't want him in the NHL right now. I no, want him to not. start off fresh. If he signs and he makes the roster after rookie camp and 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 uh, NHL training camp in September. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. But he's got to earn it. I don't so, want to see him follow the full Detroit model where they stay in the AHL forever. But I do want to see a uh, a kind of seasoning at that level, if you will, before he makes the jump to the NHL to get a taste of professional hockey. Because the professional game is so much different than anything in the amateur leagues i mean i remember when i went to the ncaa game with um swayman just it it was a lot more tame than the nhl was or even the ahl was especially the the pace of the play is far far different and i'm not sure that donato is going to be ready to jump right into the 
faster, harder hitting, more open ice kind of game that the NHL plays. Right. Absolutely. Um, we do have a couple more minutes if you want to talk about that um, that experience you had when Providence yeah, played. So yeah, I, I went to um, I went to Providence College. Uh, it was media credentials along with uh, my partner, and we unfortunately didn't get to spend the whole game in the press box as the press row was incredibly full. But we did get a chance to go down to the locker rooms after the fact and get the post game. It was great to listen to Humane coach Maine uh, Red Gendron to uh, hear some of his comments about the loss. Unfortunately, Maine got swept uh, both games, losing uh, I believe it was four to three and then three to two. The game that I went to, unfortunately, Maine got almost run right out the building back to Orono, where they play. Uh, just they, they had a bad first period where they uh, let in three goals but then beginning of the second period they scored two back to back uh it was great to talk to swaim and that guy is such a professional he's so fun to talk to i mean you kind of heard it when we when you did your uh, interview with him mark uh, a few episodes ago, more than a few episodes ago and he's just such a great guy to talk to and he speaks so glowingly about the coaches at maine being more than just coaches to him they're not just there to give him advice about hockey but to give him advice about life and just that how to be not only a good player on the ice but a good player off the ice as well and it's it's so evident when you talk to him when you kind of interact with him it was nice to be able to just chat with him kind of for a few minutes before we even did the interview and just to kind of get to know each other on a slightly more personal level and then uh after we after the fact he let me uh snap a quick picture with him and the whole experience start to finish was amazing i can't i can't say enough good things about swayman that he's a consummate professional off the ice and he's a real fun guy to watch on the ice too um yeah i mean you always kind of hear that goalies are a bit weird but i never sensed that coming from him he's just a very genuine down-to-earth guy who was i really hope for that he makes such strides in the future and what i liked about kind of uh, when i was doing the research for the article that he wasn't exactly the greatest thing in sioux falls in the ushl the developmental league before he got to college and then he hit the development camp after his draft year and snap of the fingers right away. He was already leaps and bounds better. He had a much better winning record in Maine. And I feel like the coaching that he received in those four days with Bob Essensa and Mike Dunham, and then continued with um, Alfie Michaud up at UMaine really helped to kind of bring a more complete, a more, uh, authoritarian style to his game, and he's really and he's been turning heads all over the NCAA. I mean, if you read some of his accolades, they leap right off the page at you that he's just making such a great name for himself among the NCAA ranks and in the goalie ranks. I think he's going to be a real special guy to watch, and I'm confident that he's going to at least get a, cr- a cup of coffee at the NHL sometime down the road i'm not sure when it's one of the that's what i'll leave up to kind of sweeney to decide but i really think that this guy's got a bright bright future ahead and not just at the collegiate or even the ahl level i think this guy's 
it, it, I always kind of talk about an it factor. It's kind of a, like a checkbox, and that guy's got it. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm confident he's gonna make, he's gonna make a, a splash in the Bruins system heretofore. Absolutely. Yeah, and if listeners want to see how well he's doing and how many uh, like awards and recognition he's getting, um, just just type in Jeremy Swayman on Twitter and look at the timeline that they uh, they uh, that website offers. And I mean, uh, selected to USA uh, World Juniors, selected. You know, he's he's uh, an All Star candidate or All Star mention, and he was he's Rookie of the Month and Rookie East um, Hockey East Rookie of the Month and rookie of the week and i mean there's a lot of great mentions that and, and he's only a freshman exactly yeah you know? so he's got he's got like two i want to say two or three more years at at maine before he makes a, a decision on what he wants to do for his future so i mean that's all good things right there i mean he's he's definitely a solid member of this uh of this boston bruins uh, uh developing depth so and it's great that he just that he handles it with a very down-to-earth demeanor and that he's not kind of one of these you know look at me i'm a bruins prospect guy he's a very humble guy yeah. he's a very reachable guy that you can just you, you know you can you can talk to him as if he were a colleague more than somebody that you're kind of looking up at even though i'm not the tallest guy in the world and i was looking up at him yep so that's, that's i mean yeah, that, that's what it, i hear from so many p- people that are from alaska i mean except for sarah palin um, most of, <laughs> most of them all are really great people, and they're well spoken and well mannered. So I had to throw in the political thing there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, um, I remember what the the media packet that I got handed when I went to uh, the game, and you just read there was there was sections and paragraphs about Swayman, and I remembered I had to try to keep my article as kind of to 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 the, the facts and as much as like uh, try to keep it as kind of short but I it, was, just, it was a good it was read so much, it, was it was so read, much to write about though because i mean he's just been that good i mean maine hasn't had a winning record since i believe it was uh 13 14 and then um they haven't gone this far in the playoffs since 06 07 and that was the year ben bishop was their freshman so you know he's kind of in good company if you're saying the name Ben Bishop and a winning record attributed to Jeremy Swayman. I think he's kind of he's he's definitely got it, Mark. I really love. I'm really high on this guy as kind of a, a goalie prospect. I I don't I don't, I don't know if it's as high as I am on um, Vladar, but they're probably right about equal right now. That out of the out of all of our prospects, him and Vladar just mm, that's we picked good ones right there. Nice. Well, Josh, thank you so much again for an, another great week of uh, having you on, talking prospects. I really enjoy having you in uh, your insight. So uh, mm-hmm. please. Pleasure all mine, Mark. Thank you so much. It's a great time to talk. I love just this kind of back and forth about prospects and the system, and it's kind of a topic that, with, that doesn't get as much attention as it should. And that's what we try to do. But um, please, I recommend, if you're a Twitter follower, please go to – um, at to Causeway, follow Josh. He's he's got really good insight, and, and he watches every game. Even though he's he's watching from work, which I think is sacrilege because I can't <laughs> I can't do it. 
but um certain and, sacrifices yeah i know <laughs> but um also please go to um shipping up com and follow his blog he does a fantastic job breaking down the providence bruins um a lot of great stats a lot of good analytical views so uh i highly recommend so appreciate the uh the kudos and the uh the the praise mark very very nice of you and i look forward to the next time that we talk absolutely we'll talk about that uh during the week and find out some uh available time frames so we'll make it work so um thank you very much for listening everybody josh again thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it and we'll we'll uh see you all next week till next time tuning in to this week's show you can follow the guys on twitter at black and gold 277 at court lalonde and at rob 40 bruins you can also send us an email to the show's account at black and gold hockey blog at gmail.com